Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. Today, I'm going to be talking about some road and bridge projects that are underway across the state of Michigan, thanks to Governor Gretchen Whitmer's Rebuilding Michigan program. First, I'm going to talk with Greg Bruner, who's the director of the Bureau of Field Services at MDOT, overseeing statewide construction. And he's going to talk about some of the challenges that his staff and others have seen across the state as they launch these projects and the construction season begins in earnest. And he's going to update us on how some of those are going. And later I'll talk to Patrick McCarthy, who's the director of the Bureau of Finance at MDOT. He's going to talk about the bonding plan, uh, how the sale of those bonds has gone, why it made sense to take advantage of the interest rates and take that approach. But again, first, I'm with Greg Bruner. Greg, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me back, Jeff. So why don't you start first by, you know, what you're seeing uh, in terms of challenges with, with this year's program? Sure. Um, overall, the construction season started in, at, on April 16th, 2022, and kind of the program this year is larger than we've had um, in the past due to not only our normal federal funds that we get, but also the Rebuilding Michigan program. So this year, we're looking at approximately $1.7 billion in new projects. And that's going to be in addition to some of the projects that carried over from last year. But kind of what we've seen since that April date, as many of you are aware, is a lot of the rain and colder weather that we've had throughout the spring, and that slowed down things a little bit. And even as of today, there's still seasonal weight restrictions in place in the Upper Peninsula, um, but we're hoping those should be removed soon. And I'm sure if you've been out driving, you've already seen numerous projects have already started or are underway, but again, we probably have 130 more that will be ramping up in the next few weeks to get going as well. Um, so with this high level of projects going on on our roadways this year. We ask for driver patience in our work zones. It's immensely appreciated by all of our staff. Um, but again, as I talked about the weather there, we've also been hearing from our industry partners on some of the other challenges tied to just work zones and construction and issues in general, um, whether those are still COVID related problems or um, industry shortages of materials or even you know overseas events that are happening with uh, the war in the Ukraine and and other things. So again, we're continuing to monitor those types of things going forward. But again, some of the things we've heard about initially tied to low inventory and material shortages um, are everything from epoxy to plastic pipe to pavement markings to pretty much anything steel, um, whether that be steel beams or reinforcement or even some of the aluminum signs we're using on our on our roadways. So we're continuing to monitor, monitor those items and make adjustments where we can. So, yeah, I mean, we talked to, about this uh, on the podcast with Brad Weiferick on the Bureau of Development about inflation and what we're seeing. And I, you know, I've been trying to underscore the context of this, that this is inflation on everything and certainly other areas of construction are seeing it, whether it's, uh, you know, local roads agencies in Michigan or other DOTs across the country. Um, how do you react to that? What kind of things can folks do to try to to mitigate those kinds of things when you're, you know, in the middle of a construction season and, and, and the contractors are, are trying to deliver on what they promised. Um, so what's going on right now is when we do encounter some of those delays, um, we are starting to allow for non-compensable extensions of time for those material issues that we're seeing out there. And again, a lot of these material issues we're running into aren't necessarily a construction issue either. I know when I go to the grocery store these days and I'm looking for certain products, they're in limited supply there where you can only buy a couple or some of them aren't even there. So I think it's kind of 
not necessarily just a construction thing we're seeing, but kind of across the board. So I'm hopeful that folks are understanding of what's going on with all of our projects. Always hopeful. So let's talk some more specifics then about, uh, you know, just what we've got going in the program this year. I mean, you talked about an additional $1.7 billion on top of those multi-year projects that were already in the works. Um, let's just kind of move from the east side of the state to the west. Um, can you talk a little bit about the I-96 flex route? That's, you know, that's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts who care about traffic and operations because we're actually enhancing things for, uh, you know, commuters. Yep, and this is one of the new exciting projects we're doing. Um, the flex route will be in eastern Oakland County, and it's a 12-mile project that costs about $270 million to complete over a three-year period. Um, and for those of you not familiar with the flex route system, that's similar to what we're doing on US 23 north of Ann Arbor, which was already in place there. But what it is, it's a lane control system that uses overhead signs, cameras, and electronic message boards to let drivers know when there's an additional lane available during morning and afternoon peak travel periods. Um, so not only will be we be improving the roadway out there itself, we'll be adding in all these um, electronic operational features out there um, for active traffic management. And again, the other, we'll be able to open up that additional inside lane to during some of those peak periods, as well as um, adding in ramp signals for metering onto the freeway to make the overall roadway safer and operate more efficiently. So everybody always asks why, if you can do that <laughs> at certain times of the day, can it just be open all the time? Um, and again, this is an operational initiative. We're not necessarily widening the freeway to the full full width, which would be a significant expense. Again, we're strictly focusing on the areas to keep our the operations moving as best they can, given the the current demands. And the Federal Highway Administration has has said um, in Michigan and other states that it's okay to do this, you know, this kind of active traffic management as long as it's during finite periods of time, right? They're, they're not going to sign off on you just using the shoulder as a travel lane all the time. Yep, that's correct. And based on what we've seen with our US 23 flex rail project north of Ann Arbor, it's had great results. So we're hoping for something similar here. Yeah, people are very happy with it. Well, so then not too far from there, just down I-275 in Western Wayne County, uh, there's a major project going on. What can you say about that? Um, for our I-275 reconstruction project, we'll be in our second year there. Um, and that's going to be an overall four-year project in Metro Detroit. Um, this year, crews will be rebuilding about 13 and a half miles of southbound I-275 from Six Mile Road to North Line Road, um, with both bounds of traffic shifted over to the northbound side. Currently, both bounds have two lanes of traffic open, and that should remain in place probably till November. And then looking ahead, 2023 will be reconstructing the northbound side or the majority of the northbound side and wrapping things up in 2024. Let's move next before we go further west, um, a little bit north to the major project in the Flint area on I-69. Okay, in Flint on I-69, we're in the second year of a $110 million project um, right near the I-475 interchange. And this is going to be a two and a half mile roadway reconstruction between Fenton Road and M54 Dort Highway in Flint. Um, that also includes approximately 20 bridges with quite a bit of bridge work going on in there. Currently, we're working to reconstruct the eastbound lanes of I-69 from Fenton Road to M54, and all that traffic is shifted over to the westbound sides, which were reconstructed last year. And in addition to that, right now, there's quite a few 
um, bridge deck replacements going on throughout there, including the I-69, I-475 um, stack bridge out there. So um, when folks are driving through that area, they can expect to see a couple detours due to that bridge work. But again, these are, we're addressing the, working to improve the structures themselves. So it should be a good repair when all is said and done here. Absolutely, it'll make a huge difference to a lot of that traffic, a lot of that truck traffic. I mean, I-69 is a major corridor all the way from the Indiana border to Port Huron. So it'll it'll help that for sure. Uh, how about 496? Uh, this is the second phase, uh, major work to rebuild 496 on the west side of Lansing. Uh, it reopened in 2020, uh, really successful project. And now the portion that uh, goes downtown kind of toward the, the east side of the city is going on. Yep, and this segment we're working on now is I-4 to sign 496 from Cedar Street to Old Lansing Road. Um, and as of today, anyway, we're focused on the east end of the project, working on some of the bridge approaches over the Grand River. And the other part we're working on in that area is the eastbound and westbound collector distributor roads, um, which run adjacent to I-496. And this is being done so that when we do the actual reconstruction of mainline 496 itself, we can use those as detour routes. But the work on those collector distributor roads, roads should be completed by Memorial Day. So there's some other minor work going on with joint repair and other types of things in the area. But looking forward on June 2nd, we're planning to close 496 between that area to kind of start the mainline reconstruction. That work's expected to be completed by mid-October. So folks can expect to see those detours doing uh, coming up. But again, they're going to be on the reconstructed collector distributor roads through there. So it should be a smooth ride for those detours. And also in MDOT's University region further south in Jackson, a major ongoing project on I-94. Um, I think one reason that anybody that ever goes through there should be very excited is because of the, uh, we're finally going to redo uh, what is kind of an outdated interchange at 127. Yep, and again, this is another one of our large projects going on that runs about $120 million for five miles of reconstruct. Um, the expected completion date's not going to be until fall of 2023, and we're about halfway done at this time. But again, as you mentioned, this project will monitor, modernize and reconstruct the 127 West Avenue interchange, the I-94 Elm Road interchange, and the Lansing Avenue Bridge. And again, once it's complete, it's I-94 will have three lanes in each direction through this area. And, you know, part of those upgrades we're doing to the interchanges is adding uh, new and innovative interchange solutions, the diverging diamond at the I-94 US-127 interchange and also roundabouts at the I-94 Elm Road interchange. This project required a significant amount of local coordination and cooperation as part of the project, but Again, there'll be some aesthetic enhancements throughout the area that folks will will like when we're done. And kind of where we're at in the project right now, two lanes of traffic are being maintained on I-94 to maintain mobility throughout because we know how important I-94 is from a commercial standpoint. Oh, it's a major truck corridor, absolutely, from Chicago to Detroit. And uh, that, that area, you know, through Jackson, especially when you get east of 127, is always heavily congested. So all of this will be a... A tremendous help and yeah and you mentioned the ddi so that'll be that'll be our third in the state i think the one at uh university drive and i-75 near auburn hills is the first and then shortly after that was uh, cascade road and i-96 on the east side of grand rapids so this will be mdot's third ddi right 
Correct. And they've been, from what we've been seeing from those other projects, they've been been doing great so far in terms of operations and safety. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, concern early on when, you know, people understand and see videos that it's kind of counterintuitive, that it's going to be a problem, but it, it just hasn't been. I can especially speak to the one on, uh, in in Grand Rapids, in the east side of Grand Rapids, actually, in the township, and it's uh, it's it's worked marvelously well. Right, and I was just talking to my parents about it just last week, explaining how they work, and I told them just to drive through one, and you'll see exactly how it works, that nothing to be concerned about. They're smooth and easy, and and everybody seems to appreciate them once they're installed. Yeah, much safer, for sure. Well, lastly, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, about 196 in Ottawa County, um, west of Grand Rapids. That's a major rebuild, too. Yep, the I-196 project in Ottawa County is from Byron Road to 32nd Avenue in the Zeeland and Hudsonville areas. And this one's a $67 million rebuilding Michigan project that has started and it'll fully reconstruct the roadway and also have some drainage, bridge, and safety improvements throughout. Um, as of right now, the westbound lanes of I-196 are currently under construction with pavement removals ongoing. And what we've done there from a traffic control standpoint is shifted traffic over to the eastbound lanes for a two-in-one configuration, maintaining two lanes westbound and then one lane eastbound just to keep things moving throughout. And again, that work should continue throughout the summer. And, you know, real quickly, these aren't uh, our bonding projects, but they're made possible because of the bonding. Could you talk a little bit about uh, some of the work going on further north uh, on I-75 and US-23 in Aranac County? Sure, on I-75 and US-23 in Aranac County, it's actually near Standish through there. And what we're doing is some inter interchange improvements as well as installing roundabouts at the M13 US-23 interchange is a significant safety improvement in the area there. So again, we're kind of working, as you can hear today, we're working all over the state to make improvements um, to our roadways condition. So it's good to see so much work going on. I know it may not always seem like it when you're driving through a lot of those work zones, but at the end of the day, it's going to be going to be a lot better for folks traveling. Well, talk a little bit about that, why it is, because it's a it's a chronic complaint that every DOT has faced uh, time in memoriam, right? That I, you know, I drove through and I saw all those barrels and there wasn't any work going on. And there could be a number of reasons for that, right? Right. And it can be anything from leaving the concrete out there to cure to different staging operations that are happening or other types of things. So um, all we can do is encourage folks to be patient as we go through the process. Just like anything, if you're remodeling your house or anywhere else, unfortunately it takes time, but at the end of the day or end of the project, it's all, all gonna be worth it. Um, but as you're driving through those work zones, we do have some kind of safety tips for folks or things to keep in mind. We just ask that you kind of minimize the distractions while you're driving, of course, put down any cell phones or anything else because things can change throughout the work zone um, in terms of traffic shifting or other types of movements going on. Um, and just pay attention to some of the signs and that the roadway crews have installed out there. Um, if, if things are slowing down or shifting and just kind of at the end of the day, expect the unexpected where normal speeds may be reduced or traffic lanes may change, workers, vehicles or other equipment may be near the roadway. So we just want you to kind of keep your eyes open, not only for their safety, but your safety as well. Yeah, I think those are good tips. And I, I also wanted to mention that uh, sometimes when you see work and a, a lane is closed off and you think there's nothing going on, it's often because the lane had to be closed because they're working on a bridge overhead. And, you know, you can't have, you can't risk things falling down on passing vehicles. 
but to your eye as you're driving through there you don't see any work and it's because it's kind of out of sight overhead i i saw that uh on us 127 south of lansing and i saw it last week on 131 south of cadillac where it looked like a lane was closed for no reason and something else 127 that that i learned is that uh there was a you know a concerted decision made between the project staff for mdot and hntb to say you know it's unsafe to do this kind of stopping and starting with traffic you know kind of like the green flag uh, at the races that you just don't want people hitting the gas and then hitting the brakes and then hitting the gas again so it made more sense just to maintain the traffic that way for several miles so there's there's a method to the madness and a, and a good reason that things are done that way oh definitely and that's where kind of traffic engineering is a little different than other types of engineering where I know when I was going through engineering school, it was a lot of it was based on physics and everything else, but that's where it gets to be the hard part and some of the traffic engineering that we do where you have to take into account the human factor um, in people's decision making and other types of things. So it's yes. what keeps things interesting. Lots of soft skills that you gain along the way. Thanks, Greg, for taking time to do this. We're going to hear uh, a message and then I'll be back to talk with Patrick McCarthy, MDOT's finance director about, you know, where things stand with our, our bonding program and uh, what we're hearing about the next phases there. Thank you again. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Jeff. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Know before you go. Head on over to MyDrive to check out the latest on road construction and possible delays along your route. For a detailed map, head over to michigan.gov drive. Okay, once again, we're back now with Patrick McCarthy, who's the director of the Bureau of Finance at MDOT and uh, worked closely with uh, some private concerns, uh, but was the, the in-house architect of the bonding program, the Rebuilding Michigan program that's uh, financing so many of the projects that Greg talked about earlier. Patrick, thanks for being here. And can you just once again kind of, I know we've talked about this before, but kind of high level, um, explain the, the bonding program? Sure, uh, thanks for having me, Jeff, again. Um, I appreciate that. The The re Governor's Rebuilding Michigan program was started in um, early 2020 with an authorization um, from our State Transportation Commission to deliver 49 projects um, with an authorization of $3.5 billion of, of new bonding to pay for those projects. Um, to date, we've issued two rounds of bonds um, against that $3.5 billion authorization. Um, each of those first two rounds were $800 million. So we've issued the $1.6 billion so far, <clears throat> excuse me, and we have um, about $1.9 billion available to authorize again. And those initial offerings um, sold at a, at a premium, which means we got more bang for our buck. Can you talk about how that works? Sure. Um, when we issue bonds, the, the investors take a look at the credit worthiness of the department, um, which basically means how much trust they have in our ability to repay them um, for the bond that they that they purchased from us. Um, we we get um, ratings from the, the large rating agencies, um, S&P and Moody's, that um, place a high confidence for that investor in um, in purchasing our bonds. So in the transaction for the bond purchase, um, that investor is willing to pay a premium for 
the security of receiving that future debt service payment. They're willing to um, they're willing to offer us an additional amount of money with the guarantee that at the end of the debt service, they're also going to get reimbursed for the principal that they put up at the beginning. So by doing that and doing it when you did, you locked in some pretty good interest rates. And I think you made a point the other day when we were talking about uh, about doing that, you know, before inflation started to really take a toll on on road construction. We did. We were we were very fortunate at the timing of the first two tranches of our of our bond program that um, the all in interest rates um, for all of the debt that we issued on these first two rounds was about um, a little under two point four percent. So um, that that's an that's an outstanding interest rate um, from a historical perspective, and um, you know we're seeing now that the interest rate costs are starting to um, trend upward again as we see the the rise in inflation um, and the 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 action that's being taken by the Federal Reserve um, to to increase interest rates. I'm sure you've heard and other people have heard about those actions being taken by the Federal the Federal Reserve Board. And they're not done raising those interest rates. So it, it's definitely beneficial for MDOT to um, bond for the, these projects now and lock in these low interest rates um, before inflation really starts to take a toll on um, the cost of these projects that we're working on. You know, when you, you talk about debt, and there's a lot of people that were opposed to bonding and said that, you know, you're leaving debt for our kids. But, uh, you know, what our planning people have figured out, if you look at what the investment is, that would be necessary to get us back to 90%, you know, good or, or fair pavement. And what, what's not being met and what we're losing every day because the roads are crumbling, which is its own form of massive debt that we're passing on to our posterity. You know, we're losing, if you break it down, about $3,500 a minute on our road and bridge system. You're not a guy who's prone to borrow money, you know, willy-nilly, but you've come to believe in the the wisdom of this kind of debt and why it makes sense. I, I absolutely do, Jeff. Um, if, you, if you look at this from a practical perspective and say, yes, you know, we do have debt that we are entering into for the next 25 years. At least, though, when we're done with this program, the people that are driving on these roads for the next 25 years are driving on good roads while they're paying for that roadway over the useful life that they're driving on it. We're not asking them to drive on continually declining and deteriorating roadways and still have to find a solution down the road to repair and replace them. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree that Nobody, especially me, um, is, is a big fan of of having debt. But um, I, I also can't feel good or feel comfortable with having roadways that um, are unsafe or continuing to decline in condition, um, and leaving that as the legacy for um, for the future generations either. So, what do you see happening uh, in the future? I mean, we know the market is is volatile these days. Uh, but right now, um, the bonding, you know, if you were going to issue another tranche, as, as you characterize it, uh, whether it's tomorrow or months from now, um, it still looks like pretty favorable, right? It does. Um, we continue to monitor the market and keep an eye on, on the um, trending of the interest rates in the municipal market space. 
Um, we we are still we're not at the historical lows we were at a year or two years ago. Now the the um, the market has uh, the municipal market has started to kind of bounce off the bottom a little bit, but it is still at significantly lower rates than what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, you kind of hear the horror stories of um, back in the day when people would have mortgages in the 14 and 16 percent range. I can I can go out right now and issue this new uh, the remainder of the rebuilding Michigan debt um, at probably three and a half or four percent interest rates, which is still it's still a remarkably low interest rate. And when you compare that to what we're seeing in in the inflation increases, I think it was eight point three percent that was just announced um, recently. It's still significantly cheaper to issue municipal debt than it is to lose that purchasing power from, but from the inflationary increases that we're seeing. So part of the problem is this historic context. You know, people who who have only come of age in uh, the last you know 20, 25 years, and thought interest rates were always that low. You know, don't know that even with a little bit of a creep right now, they're still historically low, right? Absolutely. Yep. That's a that's a true point. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Patrick, uh, for explaining this once again. I'm sure um, as the year goes on, we'll be talking more about bonding, but I always appreciate the simple way you explain these things and break them down for people. Thanks again for having me, Jeff. All right. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Debler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.